Hello everyone, you're listening to the Brunson Bugle, the number one place to get a Kylite fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. And I'm Dan McConnell. A humdinger at Brunton Park as United and Stock Park play a thrilling draw that doesn't do either club much good in their push for an automatic promotion place. We review that cracker before looking ahead to this weekend's A595 derby against Barrow. And I'm sticking to the A595 derby as the uh, tagline for that one, not the Cumbrian derby. Because they're not part of Cumbria County Council anymore, are they, Dan? Part of, uh, Cumbria. West Melundon Furnace, that's what they're at now, so there you go. Um, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, not bad, not bad. A belter on Tuesday night, wasn't it? It's a proper game of football, that's pro- what that was. Proper game of football team, two proper clubs with a great atmosphere. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute when we talk, review the, the game, but genuinely, I, I, it's weird, as much as that result was disappointing in the sense it's given our chances of a top three place a, a quite a big dent, I, I still felt, came out of that game feeling really pleased with what I'd seen, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the second half has maybe reignited a few folk. Yeah, I think. As it in, is. where's that Carlisle been? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Which we'll, we'll talk about how that happened and why it happened in, in a minute. But um, we have got a few bits to fit in. We've got a couple of little bits of news. One that broke this morning as well. Just a sad bit of news, but um, we'll, we'll cover that in a minute. Um, but first up, uh, we're going to tell you. Um, who the sponsor of the podcast? I mean, you should know by now if you've been listening regularly, but you'll tell you about the uh, sponsor this season, uh, where you can subscribe to the podcast and how to get in contact with us. We'd like to say a big thank you to the Cal United Sports Club London Branch for once again sponsoring the podcast this season. The London Branch is open to all Cal United fans. They've got members from Cornwall to Dundee and Houston to Singapore and of course every part of London and the South East. They regularly meet up on away trips as well as arranging many social events, sporters games and fundraising for the club. This season, they'll be providing us with information for the away games as part of the preview section. You can find out more about the London Branch at their website, carlislelondonbranch.org. If you haven't already, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on all good podcast apps, whether it's Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts. Basically, search for the Brunton Bugle, click subscribe, and then when a new episode comes out, you'll get a little notification to tell you to download it and listen to it at your leisure. Also, if there's an option to review on any of those apps, please do so. If you can give us a five-star review, that would be really lovely. It's a great way for us to get the message out about the podcast and so more people can learn about it. And uh, yeah, we can spread the word even more. You can also find us on social media, at Brunton Bugle, on Instagram and Twitter. If you go onto Facebook and search for the Brunton Bugle, click like as well. You can follow our page. Uh, we're also on the Be Just On Fear Not Facebook group and also on the Buzzies Back message board, the new message board that's replaced the Cumbrians.net. Uh, and also, if you want to drop us an email, bruntabugle at gmail.com. Right, Dan, let's get straight into it. Uh, uh, news and um, up first, yeah, the bit of news that broke this morning. It's a sad bit of news, isn't it? Um, former United captain Nick Anderton. Uh, you, you may well all know that you know he's been battling cancer for the last about a year or so now, isn't it? I think it's been been a while. I think he, he had his initial treatment, then obviously it, it didn't quite work, I don't think. And he's been having some you know, you know, seriously heavy treatment over the last you know few months. And unfortunately... He's taken the decision to, to retire, hasn't he? Yeah, uh, he's uh, made a statement on Twitter this morning. Uh, I, I do believe that uh, Joy Barton is going to look after him probably 
mm. been coaching or scouting or what have you. Yeah, it's really really sad bit of news, isn't it? Because I mean, it, it 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 sounds like a really horrible, you know, you know any cancer's horrible, isn't it? But it, it it sounds what he had to go through is pretty gruesome as well. It's not not great, is it? So yeah, he mentioned something about some operation and he thought it would, but then they discovered that they, they need to change it and it's. He just wouldn't get insured to play football after it, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. it's just common sense, isn't it? He'll get a decent payout, I'm sure, in terms of insurance for his career finishing. And, you know, his health and family have got to come first in these situations, haven't they, really? So, uh, yeah, yeah, really sad news. I mean, the club have tweeted, you know, they're hoping to get him back up at some point as well, you know, to say thank you to the fans and the fans can say thank you to him. And, you know, was it 54 appearances, four goals? You know, he wasn't here a long time, but, you know, made a really decent contribution in the time he was here, didn't he? So, uh, yeah, we, we all wish Nick all the best. We tweeted from the Brunton Bugle account just wishing him all the best as well. So, uh, so yeah, if you want to go on Twitter and, and pass on your best wishes, I'm sure they'll be really appreciated. Um, next up, Dan, um, someone slid into our DMs this week, didn't they? Oh, that sounds interesting. Sounds fruity, <laughs> doesn't it, when you say that? Yeah. Way? But what it is, it, it's yeah. a nice little one, this, actually. It's, uh, Toby Show Silver's dropped us a message, hasn't he? Yeah, yes. Uh, I was obviously speaking to Toby prior to the sadly cancelled quiz we had for Kiosk, mm. and uh, he mentioned that he was organising a bit of a, an event, and the time has come for that event this Sunday. Yes, so basically, um, he, you may anyone who follows Toby on um, social media might know he, he's very big into his faith, isn't he? And, he, and he's really got involved in a, in the church community in Carlisle by the looks of things. So, um, what he sorted out the uh, the Elam Community Church, um, which I understand, Danny, that's near the um, that's bus the one. It's the one by the bus station beside yes. Old Burnham's. Yes, uh, a go. lot a lot of people know it as a vaccination centre in yeah. recent years. Yeah, so. Yeah, occasionally I think he puts up videos, doesn't he, up uh, of him at the church at the weekends on his Instagram feed. Yeah, so, yeah. so basically, this Sunday evening, um, he's hosting a football quiz and sort of Q and A about his journey through football life and faith at the church building. Um, it's at six thirty p.m. and he would love anyone, basically any Carlisle fans, anyone who wants to go down, pop along. There's going to be refreshment. You get to have a chat with Toby and all the people down there. You know, just a fun evening. I think um, uh, Chris Brunskill's on it as well. Yes. He's- Part of the club, yeah, yeah. he's a the club physio, isn't he? So uh, yeah. yeah, so yeah, if you if you want to get yourself down, come down and have a good chat with Toby and, and, and find out a bit more about it. So we we, we promised Toby we give it a good shout out, and we're hoping we'll get Toby on the pod maybe sometime in the summer to talk about his career because I mean, you know, compared against you know a lot of footballers, he's had quite a fascinating career, hasn't he? The way he's come up really, and you know, he started out actually in the academy system, but he sort of came out of it and he's done a bit of education and things like that, and yeah. It'd be a really interesting chat to have. So hoping to grab him at some point in the summer, just have a little chat about that as well. So, so there you go. So if you if you want to go on a uh, Twitter, I think it's on the the kiosk Twitter feed as well, isn't it, Dan? I think you you guys. Yeah, we it. we put a tweet out for it, and I think Toby's putting it on his own. Yeah, yeah. on uh, bits and bobs. Yeah, and and one little bit of news to cover, Dan. Uh, you're going to do this one uh, playoff dates because there's been a little bit of a tweak to them, hasn't there? Yeah, uh, I know when the club uh, supporters group minutes came out last week, uh, potential playoff date, I mean, it's looking likely that uh, we're going to be in the playoffs. You never know. Promotion is still possible. Yeah, could still miss but, that altogether if we're not careful. But... You know, we'll, 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 we'll see. But uh, yeah, basically the two, the two first legs, because obviously it'll be... 7v4 and 6v5 usually. Yeah. They were scheduled for, I think it was noon Sunday yeah. and late evening Sunday. 
Yeah. Now, there's a thing came out from the EFL with all the dates, and the League 2 one has moved to from noon Sunday to Saturday 7.45. It's swapped with the Championship. Yeah. And we think, well, not confirmed, this is because Eurovision is on that Saturday night and the TV companies will be thinking, we don't want a big championship game, which has yeah. potential for good viewing figures, to be affected by that. So, sod League 2, they can go there instead. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, I didn't expect this from a cellar. I'm involved in bits of Eurovision with work, basically, because I work down in Liverpool, and it, it's, a, it's a massive thing here at the moment. It's literally all we're doing in work. And, um, and yeah, it's going to be huge, and... Yeah, League Two is the victim, I think, in all this, isn't it? Really, mm. sadly. I mean, I don't get the logic why they don't just make it a midday kickoff or something like that. Because there's not going to be ever cha- any other championship games on, is there? That, and that's the BT Live game usually at midday on those days. So I'm not sure why they didn't just move the championship one to then or the the League Two one to then. I'm guessing maybe they want as big a gap as possible from the Monday. But I mean, for the sake of a few hours, it's just they're, they're already showing a League One one at three o'clock and a yeah. championship one at half five. Yeah. So I'm I'm guessing it's potentially to do with equipment in the right place, etc. It's, it's just I don't get the logic. Oh, of it. Who knows? Yeah. It's just there you go. So yeah, basically the as you say there, Dan, the one of the League Two games is going to be on the Saturday night, Saturday the thirteenth at uh, seven forty-five. Uh, the other ones that um, is it six p.m. the next day? I think on the Sunday. Sunday, right. 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock, sorry. So you've back an hour as well there. So 7 o'clock yeah. on Sunday, which, I mean, that's a terrible kickoff time as well, isn't it, yeah. in itself, isn't it? And then the second legs are the 1st of the 18th and Friday of the 19th, yes. both at 8 o'clock. Yeah, which then only gives us, what, eight or nine days until the final itself, doesn't it? So, yeah, but the playoff, playoff ticket sales are always a rush, aren't they? Yeah, they always are. But, um, yeah. yeah, with any luck, we'll, you know, if we haven't gone up automatically, we'll be, we'll be planning for Wembley, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Right, Dan, uh, there's no loan watch because there was no midweek games. Um, let's get straight into the match review then. Carl United 2, Stockport County 2. I, just a belting game of football, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, the first half was decent. Yeah. Uh, I thought we were probably the better team, but they got the goal. Second yeah. half was just proper end-to-end atmosphere, you know, I know there's a really good match thread on the Stockport forum about yeah. the game, and they were saying very similar to what our fans were saying. It was just two proper clubs, proper fan bases going at it, and any any neutral. I've got a mate who's a, a Leicester fan. He was watching it uh, through I follow because he lives in Stockport, so he, mm. he, he thought I'll watch Stockport Carlisle, and he texted me saying, "What a game that was, yeah. Paul!" You know. Yeah, it was it was just it was just cracking, and we'll talk about the Stockport fans later actually because I think they're some of the best we've seen this season actually. Um, game itself, Dan. Um, so there was a lot of talk about you know because Simo said he, he we need to change things up to get goals and stuff like that. Um, he stuck to three five two though, didn't he? Were you mm. surprised about this? Yes and no. Mm. <laughs> like, like we said on the last episode, there was. There was reasons to stay with that. There was reasons not to. So it was a very not surprised, but surprised, but not surprised, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I get what you mean there. I think Simo sort of yeah. hinted at that in his post-match comments, didn't he, as well? Which we'll and in, in the end, it was more personnel as opposed to formation. Yeah. So obviously there was three changes to the lineup. Um, ben Barkley 
coming out um, enforced. Um, the other two were tactical decisions. So uh, McCallman and Patrick dropped to the bench as well. Um, and in came uh, Corey Whelan at centre-back uh, for Barkley. And then um, Gibson shifted into midfield and Joel Senior came in at right wing back. And then up front, uh, J.K. Gordon got his first start. Mm. I mean, I mean that'd been nearly two months since his last start, was it? Something like that? Yeah, I'm 100% the same. It was a, certainly a while since he last started a game. So he's been a bit out of the cold. You know, there's there's been rumours about him. Going well, he started at he started at Gillingham, didn't he? Oh yes, you're right. Sorry, apologies. Yeah. Yes, you're right there. I mean, it's only his second start then in a while, basically. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So his, his previous start before that was Mansfield when he got hammered. Was that the last start? Yeah. Wow, I didn't realise it was that. Long. Yeah, so effectively, you know, he's only had two starts in the last two months, but. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it later. I thought you had a great game, to be fair, actually, in this one. But um, but yeah, so it was it, it was that change that basically gave us a little bit more of sort of Gibson playing as a number ten rather than you know. I know McCormick's sort of playing that role, but he, he's not. He, he still drops a bit deeper sometimes, doesn't he? And Gibson, I think, gives you a bit more of a front foot bit of play in terms of that position. Um, and yeah, so it, it's game started out. It's interesting the way Simo looked at this game, Dan. He said he was disappointed with the first half. I think he's a little bit harsh on that, don't you? Because when you look back at it, outside of the goal, which for them, which we'll touch on in a sec, Holy didn't have a huge amount to do. Whereas their keeper had two really good saves to make, didn't he, in the first half? Yeah, like like I, I just sort of suggested. You know, I thought, I thought we played. Well, first half. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. weird because Stockport probably were the better side the first half. And yet, like I said, other than the goal, Holy's not really had a save to make. There was a couple of headers that went over the bar, but that's about it, really. And one shot, I think, that was dragged wide by Will Collar. But bar that, Holy's not had a massive amount to do. Whereas their keeper, I mean, before Hippolyte's goal, you've got Jack Armour deciding he, he's becoming prime Sean Brisley circa 2017 and hitting a dipping what, dipping volley from, what, 30-odd yards, wasn't it? That I mean, if that had gone in, the roof would have gone off the place, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was the only slight problem with it was it was pretty much down the keeper's throat. Exactly, uh, yeah. yeah. As acrobatic as it was, it was a pretty routine save, you know, but... Yeah. Uh, Oh, it would have been would have been gone on the season straight away, wouldn't it? Yeah, it, it, it's like it, it just had that little. It's one of those ones where he, when he first hit it, he thought it was going over. But he dipped so much at the last second. I think that it, it's actually a more difficult save for the keeper than it looks. But it is straight arm, you're right. And I think either side yeah. of him, I think he might be scrambling to actually struggle to keep that out. Yeah, yeah. Which is a shame, isn't it? And then the next best chance is the one that fell to Dennis and then Gibson, wasn't it? I mean, I think Dennis does brilliantly actually to get a really good volley off on the edge of the box here from a. A loose ball that Hinchcliffe in in Stockport got. I was quite impressive, actually. I think he looked quite a decent keeper. He makes a really good parry, as good a parry as he can, because of the power of the shot, and it falls straight to Gibson. And he's got to do better with it, hasn't he? To be fair. Yeah, I think he's, he's maybe shit the balls here. You know. Yeah, it, it's kind of a bit of that. I think it's kind of a bit of if you look back at it and you sort of slow down a bit. The ball comes at him so quickly, the ball's actually almost past him when he hits it, isn't he? So he can't yeah, really yeah. get his foot around it. And he just, he snatches it. And in an ideal world, he probably takes a touch and plays it to J.K. Gone to put it in the empty net. But it happens so quickly, you've just got to try and get a shot away. And unfortunately, he hits it into the side netting. He 
you know, probably should do a bit better with that one. But um, beyond that, there was a couple of headers from corners as well that we had in there. Like I said, they had a few headers from corners. But the opening goal for them, Hippolyte, it, it's kind of a weird one when you look back at it. Because a good friend of mine messaged and said, like, I thought he took a deflection, but I don't think it does, does it? It just fizzes about. Mm. It, it's a strange one. So it's base, a correct term. Yeah. It's a ball comes out to the right and there's maybe a question about whether it's a high foot from Noyle on Mellish. Probably just on the border of it, isn't it? I think he probably just about get away with that one. He gets there before Mellish gets to it. Um, he nips in, plays a low ball and it's stretching miss kicks to the hilarity of the crowd. But as soon as there was the big way there, I thought, oh, this isn't going to end well now, is it? Because you could see they still had the ball. Camps just sort of plays it into the box and Hippolyte just hooks it towards goal. It's not, it's weird. It's not like a clean shot, is it? He just scoops it. And I think that just catches Holy. I don't think Holy's to blame. I think it's just the way the shot goes. It's not, he doesn't catch it clean, does he? No. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the half chances in this game were, mm. were half chances. Mm. You know, there were like, Yes, there were chances, but there weren't, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But that that was just sort of reflective of the frantic pace the game seemed yeah. to be at in the second Definitely. half. Yeah. So, yeah, Hippolyte hooked it into the back of the net and yeah, Hurley didn't have much of a chance. There's maybe a question of whether, I think it's senior, could get a little bit tight on Hippolyte in, in the box. But pff, one of the things, you go in half-time, you, you feel a little bit deflated that we haven't at least got something out of that half, even though Stockport have been very good. I mean... On the break, they looked very impressive, didn't they? I thought Stretton... Again, my mate Ian messaged me afterwards and he said, like, Stretton looks a better player than he was with us, actually, in a short space of time. Yeah, he's he, he hasn't scored many for them. No. But he's... He's all-round game. I saw, the, I saw a couple of Stockport fans online say, you know, he's... Well, he maybe hasn't brought the goals... Mm. The, the connectivity sort of thing is is really is really helped them. Yeah, I think they had last season they had that uh, Ben Whitfield who's gone to Barrow and Ollie Crankshaw, um, someone who we uh, were linked with in the past, and they're more sort of wide plays in a four three three, and they were never going to get games because they play with two up front these days and they play the sim- very similar formation to us basically, um, and I think the kind of feeling was that. Stretton is a, a player who can play that wide role, but he can also play down the middle. But you sometimes find players who do that don't just tend to score that many goals, do they really? And it's a little bit of a struggle for them. Um, into the second half, and, and Simmer makes the big tactical change, which we'll talk about after we finish discussing the goals. Uh, Mellish pushes into midfield, and Mellish is the one who gets the goal, isn't he? It, it, it comes, actually, you've got to say, from great pressure from J.K. Gordon, where... He, he looked like he lost the ball, didn't he? He looked like he was on his backside and he manages to get up and basically forces Akil Wright to, to put it behind for a corner, essentially, from quite a distant out, actually. Moxon goes over, whips in it. A, a, his set pieces have been very hit and miss lately, haven't they, Dan? They've been, some have been good, some have been pretty dreadful. I think Simo's mentioned this, but this was just... I a, think more, not just him, I think most of our set yeah. pieces have been... Yeah, no, no, you, you're under right. Under par recently, you know. You're but, right. Uh, no, so they, they, they seem to regain the mojo with them on Tuesday. Yeah, and he whips in a great ball. Madden misses misses the initial header, and I think Will Collar does as well. I think he's probably a bit 
put off by the fact that Madden doesn't get the header. The keeper's just rooted to his line. He just doesn't come at all, does he? And in the end, um, Mellish bundles it over the line. I mean, there's, there's no other way of putting this with his appendage, <laughs> doesn't he? He pops it in, yeah? Yeah. I, is he the first Cal United player to score with his penis? That's the question. Probably not, no. <laughs> I, I, I'm talking about on the pitch here, by the way. Just, just, to, yeah. just, to, to, I mean, just to get I mean, we, we do know of a certain Cameroonian player who once got his out on the pitch yes, to relieve himself, pretending yeah. to be injured. Indeed, uh, but the legendary John Pogal. There was no allegedly about it. <laughs> no, a legend, sorry. Legendary, I said. Not yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> not allegedly. Everyone knows about it. It happened. Yeah. Everyone knows. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, God, imagine if you'd done a slight tackle near where that happened after the, during the yeah. game. You'd be fuming, yeah. wouldn't you? Um, yeah, so, yeah, he, 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 he bundled it over the line, put you know, put, put himself on the line, literally. And, uh, and, it, and it just gave everybody a real lift, didn't it, really? And you, you just... Suddenly, the the noise is really loud. That the Stockport fans who'd been making a hell of a noise were near enough silent for a lot of the rest of the you know half of that point, you know. And it's interesting. I listened back to the um, the guys who we, we we spoke to last week, the the Scarf Bagara War, and it's interesting the way you see games from different parts of the ground because they felt our fans were quite quiet until we scored, and especially in until the second goal when the noise really lifted, and they kind of felt and it's kind of like. Well, the Warwick were making quite a bit of noise, but you probably don't hear it. The, the, the Warwick noise goes straight down the pitch. If you're in the waterworks, you can yeah. hear the Warwick. Could could you hear it when you were in there that time for the game against, uh, uh, what's you call them, um, Tranmere? No, because I ended up in my own seat. Oh, did you go in your own seat in the yeah, end? Yeah. 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 But no, you're, you're right. You don't hear it as much. Whereas, like I said, I thought the Tranmere fans made, a, sorry, Stockport fans made a lot of noise for most of the game, but as soon as the goal went in, they were quiet for a good, 15, 20 minutes after that, there wasn't really any noise coming from them. They picked up a little bit, but but yeah. When that... there was noise, they were loud. Oh yeah, definitely. And then a decent number of songs as well, which is nice to see, because you sometimes get clubs that come, they just have one or two songs, don't they? But they had a, a good mix. Why are they singing about Wembley? I'm guessing that's a, sort of like a, a past sort of chant rather than a going to Wembley this season chant, I'm guessing. It's it's more uh, something historically they've sung. I don't know, but there you go. Um... Yes, yeah, so that goal goes in. Um, there's a few more chances after that. Um, Patrick had one that where he um, had to go from the edge of the box. He maybe should have dragged it a bit the other way and gone with his left. I don't know. Moxon had a chance where he cut inside and hit a low shot. And you, you feel like he's getting a bit of confidence back when you see him do that with the shot from the left foot shot that was straight in yeah, the cliff. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was a big chance for Stockport to retake the lead, wasn't there? And it came from our attack, actually. And again, this is one where Patrick, for me, makes a mistake. He, he should be laying it back to Armour to whip across in. And he tries to play a ball to the edge of the box to Guy, and he, he proper hits it into him. And Guy really struggles to get him to control. And Senior does as well. And, and Stockport get on the break through uh, Oloyofi. I keep getting this wrong, isn't it? Um uh, and, and Madden gets it. Madden gets it. I thought Madden was excellent, by the way. I think you can see how much of a good player he is these days, can't you? I mean, not many goal-scoring chances, but so intelligent with his use of the ball. Um, so, yeah, he gets away and he slips in Oliofe. And um, he hits a shot across goal that wholly brilliantly tips around the post, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
it was the slightest of slightest touches as well. Well, it, it's funny when when you see the camera angle on. Um, it doesn't look as though he's even touched it. That's how slight well, it was. That's the thing, and it looks like the, the shot's going wide anyway, but it's not. I think if you see it from other angles, it's going in the back of the net. It definitely is. It's it's the it's the height of the angle from where they they film it. And they stand. It it makes it look deceptively as if the ball was going wide anyway, but it wasn't, and it's a great save. And because because I think this is an important point to point out because we're going to talk about. Stockport's second goal shortly um, and it does have sort of an impact on that um, and then came what we, we thought was going to be the winning goal didn't we um, good bit of play from um, I mean Akil right for them at the back what a beast he was but quite clumsy on the ball wasn't he he, he gave it away a few times um, and he gave it away for the second goal for us so loose touch Patrick gets it and lose it with he basically tackles it and doesn't win it. But then he gets a great blocking on, on right. The ball loops up to Mox and he loops a great ball down the wing for Edmonton to run on to. Does really well, Edmonton does it. Everything right. Holds it up, holds it up, cuts inside, and he plays the ball to Moxon. But I've got to say, before we talk about Moxon putting it in the back of the net, brilliant decoy run from Mellish. If you watch this back, he drags Will Collar across basically, as if, you know, he wants the ball so he can play a ball across six-yard box. And that that opens up a space for Moxon on the edge of the area, balls into him. And it's funny, I mean, you listen to it from a similar angle to us. I thought Moxon had mishit it at first. It was a very weird sort of hit from the angle I was at. But actually, it's a perfect hit into the top corner, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's a good finish, really good finish. I mean, the noise when that in was incredible, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. There was a proper feeling of yes, and now it's worth noting Moxon's first goal at Brunton Park. Mm. All his goals have been away from home till this point, <laughs> and so I, I didn't even realise that until like someone pointed out, and I was like, "Oh wow, yeah, you're right. Actually, he still hasn't scored at Brunton Park." And yeah, brilliant finish, and um, yeah, pandemonium when that went in. And there was a bit of a delay towards the, for the kickoff, obviously, because they brought the subs on, and I think the subs coming on. Because obviously one of the subs scores the equaliser. Do you think that's partly what's caused a bit of a problem that we just we didn't really know where people were and we couldn't pick people up? Yeah, possibly. Uh, I mean, when we went two one, I actually thought if we can keep at them, we'll get a thirty and finish this game off. But unfortunately, you know, they they got away and got the equaliser. But uh... I mean, let's let's talk about the equaliser then, Dan, because. Um... Yeah, it's frustratingly almost straight from kickoff, even though it's three minutes later because of that delay with the subs coming on. Um, it was good persistence down the left from Stockport, I've got to say. Um, I think actually Senior and Guy handled it quite well at first. And then Senior just doesn't quite... I don't think it's particularly bad defending, but he just doesn't... I don't think... I, I, saw, I saw them getting a bit of stick for this. I don't think they did massively anything no, no, wrong no what it was was a bloody good cross 100 percent, 100 percent. and actually I, maybe maybe seeing you can get a little bit tighter on on Hussey, possibly well, that, that's literally picking hairs from we are picking hairs though, definitely yeah, I, 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 think, I, I, I thought that was an absolute top draw delivery that one absolutely and i think that yeah like i said i think both him and guy did quite well initially in holding them up and then the ball comes to Hussey, he sets himself and he likes it. It's on a sixpence. It's a he's a he's a brilliant player at this level, Hussey, To be fair, we've seen that you know at Port Vale and uh, I can't. Was he at, before that? Was it Cheltenham? I think possibly. I think he's going for his third promotion, isn't he, from this level? Um, and he puts a perfect cross in. Now, here comes the question, Dan. 
Should Thomas Howley be coming in claiming that? <sighs> He's took a bit of stick for this one, hasn't he? And I've looked at it, and where he's it's about six or seven yards out, there's, there's an argument. There's an argument for him coming for it, and there's an argument for him not coming for it. And whichever you say will be right to some and wrong to others. So the, I don't think there's a right answer on it. I think it's right on the border of territory where he can come and claim it. I think it's it's one of those ones. Maybe earlier on in the game, he's a bit more confident and he comes for it. But I think later on in the game, you'll find that with lock keepers, they may be like, well, this is risky. If I come and flap at this and then it goes in, I'm going to look like a tit. I'm going to back myself here. And then the question is, I don't know if there's any question. I think both uh, Moxon and Armour probably should do better, shouldn't they, in terms of dealing with Lemon Hay Evans, who comes in. It's, it's a great header, actually. You know what? It, I don't think the footage either, again, does justice to how good a header it was, actually. Because it kind of looks like you think, oh, it's gone through, Holy. For me, when it happened in real time, it looked so much more powerful than that. It looked like it went right through. It comes off the bar. And, yeah, maybe there is a quick... Maybe Holy could do a little bit better in terms of saving it. But for me, it's a good header. And and like I said, he, because he's just come on, no one's really picking him up. I think that's that's part of the problem, isn't it? Yeah, uh I would put more blame on those in the middle than those mm. out wide stopping the cross. Yeah. But it's a brilliant cross and it's an excellent header. Yeah. It's, and it's, I think I don't think many defences would have stopped it. Yeah. And you know what I'm going to say about this, right? I'm glad it happened when it did. Because if that had been like the last kick of the game, I think that would have really, really deflated us. Massively deflated us. We would have gone like, we've blown a really big chance here. But actually, because it came straight from the kickoff and there was still what? eight minutes left with all the added on time in fact no well nine minutes left with all the added on time it was kind of like we still had a chance to potentially get back into it I think last kick would have really deflated us whereas actually because it happened then there was still a bit of time to play and actually you can look back and say you know what this has been a cracking game of football fair play we actually had a little spell in injury time when we had corners Mm. Where we could have nabbed it. Yeah, we were pepping them a bit, weren't they? And there, was, there was a brilliant ball in from Armour from that free kick on the the right, actually. Which, you know, we, we don't do that often. Enough. I think, like, Armour doesn't... He's taking corners, but he's not been taking uh, free kicks, really, has he? No. So kind of like, it, it, it's nice to see him doing a little bit of that. So, yeah, it's... Um, it, it, I didn't feel deflated at the final whistle. How did you feel? Uh, a bit of a mixture. This... Uh, Slightly disappointed we never got three points, but also quite proud of the way they battled that second mm. half. Because the way we played, we were like where I was where I was sat. We were like, "This is the Carlisle we know we can be." Yeah. Where's this Carlisle been the last month? Yeah. If we'd been this Carlisle for the last month, we'd probably be promoted by now. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. You it's, know, it's it's. it's Yes, automatic is highly unlikely, but there's still a very, very small outside chance. Well, and if if that is going to be the half that sees us upturning form and fortune, bring on the playoffs because nobody scares me in those. No, I think to be honest, I, I could see us end up playing Stockport again. And my God, what what a couple of games! Because we won't play as badly as we did on Edgeley Park last time. This time, I think you you know. 
if we end up playing each other in the playoffs, it's going to be a like, genuinely it's going to be must watch, isn't it, for for a low league fan? Because I think it genuinely could be really exciting. Um, yeah, interesting. You mentioned about the fact you know top three is still possible and stuff. The, did, we, we saw that tweet, didn't we, for that Bradford fan who put up? There is a set of circumstances, and it's not the most ridiculous set of circumstances either, is it? When you look at it, where actually all all the teams from second down to seventh could end up with the same number of points, couldn't they? Yeah, they could all end up on 81 points. It's absolutely incredible. It really is. And, and you know what the most incredible thing about that is, Dan? We'd what? almost certainly finish third if that happened because our goal difference is so much better than the other ones. And we'd win all three games. So we'd least... we'd win games, so we'd yeah. obviously improve it as it'd well. Be, it'd be, so... the very least be three better. So I think all the others would have to win each of their games like 5 0 or something like that, wouldn't they, to catch up with us? Because I think they're on like 17, 18, so like that. We're on 27 or something like that. So. Basically, if that happened, we'd go up in in third, and Stockport would go up in second. So it, it, it's not. I it needs a set of results this weekend to go for us, doesn't it? Really, but my God, it's going to be an exciting. I I genuinely think we'll still have a chance, and I think most teams will still have a chance of top three come the final day at Sutton because it is so tight. And, and as I well, as I've I've said for a long while. This season will go to the wire, yeah. And it's Carlisle United, and we don't do things easy. Simply, we, yeah. we never have done. We never will do. Yeah. And there's just something in the back of my mind, Jimmy Glass Day. <laughs> you know, it's been moved to that day from the Saturday, and a six foot nine goalkeeper be, going up. It would for a it corner. Would be peak, <laughs> peak Carlisle United. To go up very late on on that day. I mean, funny, Don't but... get me wrong. I think Northampton and Stevenage will have enough to seal it yeah. before the last game. Yeah. But you know, if they do dip, you never know. It, it's one of those ones that I look at it. It's funny because, like, yeah, the idea of a six foot nine goalkeeper going up for a corner at the end. I mean, no one's going to want to mark him, are they? Because <laughs> it's just gonna be impossible. No. <laughs> just whip a high ball and get his head on it, and oh, you never know. Oh, Hey, we're dreaming now, aren't we? We're dreaming. Right, let's talk about some of the talking points for this game, Dan, before we do a League 2 round-up. Um, I mean, we, we sort of touched on it already, but what a brilliant advert for League 2 football that was. I think both managers said it afterwards. And I think like I think Neil Bell- sorry, Neil Mellor was doing the um, Sky Sports News, wasn't he? The the updates from the game. And I think he said as well, uh, what an absolutely cracking game of football. He absolutely loved it. Um, just, just so many exciting moments, wasn't it? And I... I, I You'd almost feel bad if either team... I mean, we'd be delighted if Carl won it, but you kind of feel bad if either team had won it because neither team really deserved to lose in the way they played. Um, let's talk about tactical tweak at half-time, Dan. We sort of touched on it briefly before. Um, you know, he stuck to his 3-5-2 at the start because he said it worked so well all season. And I get that because this late in the season, if you're going to start changing your back four and stuff like that, especially when you're doing so well defensively, you're taking a huge risk, aren't you? In those circumstances, yeah. So yeah. to go three five two, I can get it. He felt it didn't work in the first half. Really, I I think he's a little bit harsh. I think we were doing okay, not perfect, but I think we yeah. I can get why he maybe wanted to get, win a bit more of the ball and get a bit more on the front foot. Um, the switch of Mellish into midfield at the start of the second half made all the difference. And I mean, the question is, do we start that way on the start? That's what we'll probably talk about in the match preview, won't we? I think it's fair to say yeah. that's going to be a big chunk of it. Um, it just caused chaos on that second half. Oh, didn't it? 
Big John rides again. Well, what, 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 one minute he was like a deep number four. The next thing he was the highest number 10. You know, it's... Yeah. I and everywhere, everywhere in a massive diamond in between, you know. I can't believe the engine on him. Like, he must be the fittest player at the club he's got to be. Oh, yeah. Because he yeah. just never, he never looks tired. Well, uh, there was there was a training session after a game had been off because of the frost mm. when Simo wanted to, like, hit them hard mm. because they hadn't played for a few days. And I think he said it was John Mellish and Christian Dennis didn't have to do the extra because... They just run for fun. Yeah. They just run and run and run and run. Yeah, like you say, Dan, he had, he had a, uh, I think he had a decent enough first half. I've actually dealt quite well with the, the attacking threat and kept up with Stretton and stuff. But in the in the second half, like, it, the amount of ground he covered, I just, just just can never get over it. Like he, like you said, he, there was one great moment, wasn't it, where he did well to win the ball and he just shoved the player out the way, gave away. It was a bit of a silly free kick, really, but sometimes yeah, you, you don't mind him giving away some of those free kicks. It takes the sting out of the game a little bit for them. It shows you no pushover, except exactly, as well. Yeah, he, he's not one to ever get bullied, is he? So, you know, he, he, he was perfectly fine. And I mean, we're probably in the next couple of weeks going to start talking about players of the season for us and stuff. Well, I think we're going to do, aren't we? We're going to do our own player of the season as uh, presenters, you know, decide who we want for that, uh, our own awards there. But then we're also going to offer up a listener player of the season award, aren't we? We're going to set up a poll for that, I think, somewhere. We're going to work out what we're doing. We're not 100% certain yet. But, um, I mean, he's, he's going to be a contender, isn't he? He's up there. I think it'll be one of the most open for a while. Mm, definitely. There's no, like, I mean, last year, Mark Howard was just the obvious choice for pretty much everything, wasn't he? But for this year, there's yeah, there's, there's four or five who really could strongly up there. But there you go. Um, yeah, great performance from John. Um, J.K. Gordon, back to his best, wasn't he, in this one as well? I think he had a great game. I mean, just in terms of, I, I, physically, for someone who you know looks like he's going to be more of a winger, more of a tricky player, he's so good. He's so strong with the ball. He wins all, a lot of his headers. He holds it up well. He's got the ability to get around a man as well from a difficult situation. That's what we want to see a bit more. I mean, he's at his lull. His confidence probably was dented a bit by being out of the team, but he looks like he now he's back with a bit of belief, doesn't he? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I, I really like it. Would I mean? Would you stick with him in there for, for the next few games? I know we're going to touch it on the preview, but I, I feel like he's giving himself a chance to be starting game. It's interesting. It seems to sort of rotate a bit doesn't it in terms of the player who's not really in contention Gardner's the one at the moment for us isn't he yeah yeah we have an odd one uh, see the big the big question which obviously we'll talk in the preview is do you stick with the tried and tested mm. or do we go to what played second half it's, it's, it's a tough one it's a really really tough one and I've got my views and I'm sure you've got your views in it so we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later just to yeah. sort of wrap this bit up, Dan, though, I've, I've just got to give a shout-out to, as I mentioned before, the Stockport fans, not just in terms of numbers, but in terms of how they back their side. Best away fans this season, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think who else has brought good numbers. Bradford. Bradford, but they just whinge all the time on their team, don't they? They're, yeah, they're the yeah. most unsatisfied set of fans in this division, which I kind of get, you know, but... But yeah, brilliant support, especially with Tuesday night as well to bring that money up. Pretty much the same number we took down there, isn't it? Really, yeah, um, they had some. I think we took just a, a little bit more. But... Yeah, yeah. But um, it's kind of um, it's interesting that, that 
you know, that, that they had a little bit more to sing about than we did down there, I think it's fair to say. Um, yeah, definitely. But yeah, it's interesting reading their forums. You mentioned this at, on the Stockport County Forum. A lot of compliments for Brunton Park. There was a brilliant post, wasn't there? A guy saying, you know, how much he loved going that coming there. I think it might have been his first ever visit, but talk about all the, the quirky features of the ground and how, you know, it felt like a proper football league thing. And a lot of them were saying, weren't they? Because, you know, they've, got, they've had their wilderness years. I mean, six years in the National League North. I can't even comprehend following Carl yeah. United at some of the places they were following Stockport. And they were all saying, like, how enjoyable is it to be back playing a proper football league game at a proper ground against a proper team? And that, that you know, gives you a nice warm, fuzzy feeling inside, doesn't it? About, you know, yeah, actually, you know what? That, that was a really good game of football. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, it was just, like I said, look, my mate who watched it, you know, for uh, any interested outsider observer, they'll have thought, bloody hell, these are two good teams. There was a great tweet as well, we, we found, wasn't it? There's a guy um, on Twitter, um, he's a Dutch uh, football journalist, isn't he? Who, um, he basically, he's, he's, do, he's doing the one one six. he's got it down as, isn't it? I think it, that is his um, Twitter handle. I'm not 100%, I'm just going to check yeah. out the talking. So he, he, t- he tweets in Dutch, obviously. And he did some um, some really interesting tweets, didn't he, about um, about the going to the game. This lad was on the train back from Barrow last year. He? he got a ticket for Barrow Carlisle. I think he'd went in the home end because that was where he could only get a ticket. But he was on the train and he, he seemed quite a good... Uh, and I, I actually... I have a couple of friends in Holland who know of him. Yeah. I'm trying to find the, 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 the one of the tweets he did while we're talking because it's very fu- funny. Right? One of them, when well, it translates to English, so basically he, he must have parked up near the Magpie, mustn't he? Because he passed by um, uh, the Chung's takeaway, didn't he? Um, yeah, the, yeah. The chippy. Um, but when when you translate it from Dutch to uh, English on, on Twitter, um, it says, on the way to the stadium, we came across this cosy chippy slash Chinese but we ignored them anyway, <laughs> which obviously is, is not probably as rude as that in, in when you have it in Dutch. But um, yeah, yeah. There was a what was the other tweet as well? There was a later tweet where um, uh, this was the, the next one, wasn't it? Um, it is a lot better here than in win- the winter when it is always the great suffering here in the cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I love some of the translates on Twitter. So yeah, he, he... they take them so out of context without meaning to. Yeah, so if you want to go and find his tweet, it's at doing the one one six basically. So he, he seems to do a lot of English. I mean, he must be based in England, I'm guessing, because he tends to do a lot, doesn't he? He isn't. No, is he not? Wow, so he comes no, over. He's not. He's he's based in Holland. Oh wow, it's a fair place. Is he? Uh, he follows PSV Eindhoven as ah, well. Ah, right. It well. There's a connection there, isn't it, with Big Jarrett? So, so there mm. you go. Um, right, Dan, uh, just before we wrap up the, the end of the first half, um, shall we uh, do a quick lead to roundup? Um, got to start off with congratulations, don't we, to Leighton Orient, securing their uh, promotion to League One despite losing 2 0 at Gillingham. What ridiculous circumstances these were, though, weren't they? Yeah, for any, anyone who, who hasn't seen it, basically, they were losing 2 0. And the floodlights went out. Yeah. While the floodlights went out... And they were down Swindon to 10 men, should say, lead. as well, yeah. Yeah. Swindon took the lead over Bradford mm. quite late in their game, which meant that, obviously, Orient couldn't be caught for promotion. Because we were drawing as well. So, yeah. The lights went out for about 15, 20 minutes. All the other games finished. And there was maybe 10 minutes left in their game. Orient had the ridiculous situation where they were 2-0 down with 10 men. 
and didn't care because they're promoted and they just wanted to celebrate with the fans and have a beer. Yeah. So it's funny, there's, there's an even better clip I found on Twitter. But basically, just before they're about to, to kick off, when they're coming back up to do a little warm-up before they kick off the game again to finish off the match, the, the message comes through that basically the Bradford game's finished because there was a lot, I think there was seven minutes out of time in the Bradford game. So the message comes through that that game's over and our game's over. And the, the, the Orient players are on the pitch waiting to kick off the game again. And then suddenly they're in a big huddle, jumping up and down, celebrating. So it's kind of like, and the Gillingham plays are sort of like, what the hell are we going to do for the rest of this game? And the game kicks off, and like you said, it's just a farce. Basically, the Gillingham players are just playing the ball amongst themselves along the back line. One of the Gillingham players does a little dance with no player about within 20 yards of him on the ball. Um, I looked up the stats of this, because if you go on whoscored.com, you can use this little slider to look at possession stats and other stats over a basic time period. And I looked for the last 10 minutes, plus the added on time. Uh, what do you reckon um, Gillingham's past completion stats were for the last 12, 15 minutes, Dan? Oh, it's somewhat ridiculously high because Orion didn't even bother trying to get it. Past completion, 98%. Possession, 92%. <laughs> yeah. It's a joke. Like, oh, Gillingham didn't even bother attacking there. It's like, you know what? We've got a 2 0 win. We're happy with it. It, it, it. Some people say it's a bit dodgy. I don't think it's dodgy. It's just, it's just the circumstances, isn't it? It's just common sense, really, by that point. You know, they've, they've been out. You don't want to risk injuries either, really, do you? Because you've, you've, you've stopped playing for about 20, 25 minutes. You're better off just playing the game out in those circumstances. So there you go. So well done to Orient. I mean, we, we, we kind of know they've been going up for quite a while, haven't we? And hopefully they'll secure themselves as champions because I think if any other team was to win the well, title they're, they're going to aren't yeah, they yeah ridiculous they have been consistently the best side also plus they actually hold the key mm, they do as I said to you on WhatsApp because I'm just getting their fixed. well they play crew this weekend name. don't they at home so I think they'll want to secure the title yeah. there you'd think but then they play um... the following three they play Mansfield away Stockport at home and Bradford away yeah so there's, there's, there's plenty to play for there, isn't there, really? Mm. Um, yes, so uh, the Mansfield the, one. The Mansfield one being their game in hand. Yeah, we really want them to win that one because that would take a bit of pressure off So it, the problem is, if Orient win the league on Saturday, they're obviously going to have a, a bit of a drink up and a celebration. Yeah, that, that's what worries me a little bit, but we yeah. hope not. Um, I'm not suggesting anything untoward, no, but they'll, it's inevitable. they'll be slightly fragile, shall we say. Yes, let's just say that. Um, both Northampton and Stevenage they kept a tight grip on the other promotion places they got a 2-1 winner Sutton and a 1-0 home winner with Doncaster Rovers respectively you should know about Stevenage I didn't realise this until someone pointed out to me they've only won 5 out of their 20 away games this season and 2 of their remaining away games are away so you know there's still potential for them to be caught I've, I feel to me like Northampton are the more secure of the two than Stevenage. I think Stevenage, even though Stevenage fixtures look easy on paper, they don't have a great away record. And I do wonder if they'll start to panic a little bit about that, possibly. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, Bradford City, they slipped up. Um, they went down to a 1-0 defeat at Swindon, which is the Robins' first home win since the 11th of February. So <laughs> that is a bit of a dodgy result for Bradford in that sense. Um, Salford and Manfield, they closed the gap on United. They picked up a, a 2-0 win over Hartlepool and a 2-1 victory at Newport, respectively. Interestingly, Salford actually moved ahead. Even that Mansfield started the, the day ahead of uh, Salford, but there was only one difference in the goal difference, wasn't there? I think they were equal on goal difference, but goals scored. I think uh, Mansfield were ahead. 
But then Salford got an extra goal in the goal difference. <laughs> it's so, so tight, isn't it, really, in that battle there? Um, down at the bottom, Rochdale avoided relegation, or avoided confirming relegation, thanks to a 94th-minute equaliser against Tramway Rovers. It's just a matter of time. They play Stockport away this weekend, so you kind of feel like the writing's on the wall there, isn't it? But, um, but you never know. Hopefully they'll battle and, and, and give us a bit of hope as well. Um, did you see the opening goal in that one, though, Dan? Tramway's first goal. Yeah, yeah. But pass back to the keeper, and I don't know why he's trying to control it with his left foot there. It's really, really strange. I know he's left footed, I'm guessing, but control it right and move it away from goal, surely. I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at the goal difference on the BBC table, and I'll, I'll go from top to bottom, from second to eighth. Stockport at 24, we're 23. Stevenage at 19, Northampton 18, Bradford 18, Salford 17 and Mansfield 16. Yeah. And obviously Mansfield and Bradford and Stevenage all have an extra game. Yeah, It's so, so tight, isn't well, it? You know what? Getting that goal difference up for us is a real bonus. It really is. It's, yeah, it's something yeah. we should really be pleased about, really, shouldn't we? Only have a little bit of news. Is, uh, Wolves are looking for a new manager, aren't they? 3-0 defeat at Harrogate. Cost Mike Flynn his job as Saddler's boss. Um, it's kind of felt like the writing was on the wall for that for a while, doesn't it? Because they've just, since they lost Danny Johnson in January, they've just collapsed. Jamil, Matt and Matt Stevens have just not worked as signings for them, have they? Everyone thought, wow, they've signed the two top two of the top scorers in League Two last season, but nope, they've really not hit the ground running at all there. So, yeah, you do wonder with Mike Flynn if he's going to end up being one of those managers that just works at one club, don't you? Yeah. Just happens sometimes, but there you go. Right, we're going to take a short break and then we'll be back with the second half of the show. Hi, I'm Owen Moxon and you're listening to the Brunton Bugle. Oh, yeah, Moxon back to a bit of his best, wasn't he, for the uh, the Stockport game, Dan? Um, especially second um, half. Just, 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 just a little update, because we're, we're recording this a bit later than normal yeah. on Friday dinner time. Uh, Radio Cumbria just tweeted re- in the last few minutes... Uh, manager Paul Simpson says that I have no immediate plans to open contract talks with Owen Moxon, hmm. but it will happen. And, and the it. quote is, he epitomises the turnaround of his football club. I remember he had to take a day off from driving his van to meet me last summer. He's had an incredible season. That's good news, isn't it? Whether he'll sign, I mean, I, I kind of hope he'll sign an extended deal with the knowledge of like, there's a sell-on, there's an add-on, sorry, there's a release clause in there if we get a seven-figure fee or something like that. I, I think there'll be a, a mutual thing that, look, if we get an offer that's good for the club, we're happy for you to move yeah. sort of thing, you know. And I think if he gets a, if he can get us up and then has a good half season in League One, he'll get a really big move. And that, I think that's better yeah, than yeah. possibly maybe only getting a top-end League One lower-end championship club. He could get a really big club coming in from so You know, you could get a, a Middlesbrough or a Sunderland yeah, or a... Absolutely. You know. so, before we go on any further, Dan... Um, this is something, we had a, an email the, the other day from someone asking to, to send a birthday message to their dad on the show. And it's someone yeah. we've worked with in the past on this show. And we thought it's only fair to, to help the lad out. Um, so he came and found me in the paddock um, at, at the last home game. And it's young Craig Robson, obviously, isn't it? Who, um, who yeah. uh, is one of our regular and one of our best, I think it's fair to say, uh, six second reviewers. So here's the little message that Craig had for his dad. Happy birthday, Dad. Thanks for putting me through the hell of supporting Carlisle and uh, up the blues. 
<laughs> Good lad. Hey, I, I, happy birthday, Martin. I, I'm, I'm already awaiting the abusive WhatsApp of Martin. <laughs> Brilliant. Why did you let him do that? Uh, and if he wants to blame anyone, blame my brother Blame, because he's the one who suggested the line about putting the hell through the hell. But, uh, you... Not not that it was a, a big birthday or anything. <clears throat> oh, there you go, Martin. Uh, happy yeah, happy so... 50th birthday to you. Um, yes. I'm not going to say we're going to make a habit of uh, putting our birthday message on here, but young Craig's done us a favour quite a few times this season so we'll make an exception yeah. won't we won't we right um before we do behind enemy lines dan um you've got a question for me haven't you yeah just a, a quick one i sort of mm-hmm. made up this morning discounting discredited cup games yeah. we have played battle five times since their return to the efl yeah. in their team sheets for those five games have been eight players who have been on the books of Carlisle United. Who are those eight players? Oh, right, okay, let's get going. Paul Farman, first up. Yeah. Connor Brown. Yeah. Pat Bruff. Yeah. Are we counting Tom White? We are. Good, right. Because he, he was at Carlisle United. So. He was, that's, that's four in. Would Jamie Devitt have been one of them? No, he didn't feature on a team sheet. Oh, well, I thought he had done at least one of them. Um, okay, yeah. so no Jamie Devitt. That's that's one wrong. Um, Zanzale, obviously. Correct. Um, ba, 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 who else? Richie Bennett. Correct. Uh, how many have I got now? Is that six? Six out of race. Doing well. Doing well. Are the other two tough to get? I should I be really getting them? They're pretty obvious. Mark names. Correct. And come on for the for the set. For the set, I'm trying to rack my brains now. Is it going to be a, a midfielder or a striker or a defender? Um, I can't think of anyone else who left us to go to them. Or if it's the way round. Um, Oh my god! You've come. I don't want to leave too much dead area, but I'm 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 trying to rack my brains and and think of of the games you've played against them and and who's played. Uh, anyone who's left them fairly? Someone who's still there? Mike Jones. Oh, for God's sake! Sometimes the obvious ones are the hardest. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. that that's very annoying, isn't it? Because because he left because you kind of forget that you know. Farman and Zanzala turned down deals to go there, whereas Jones was sort of let go, wasn't he, basically? So yeah, it's a bit yeah. different. That's what caught me out. Oh, well, there you go. So anyone listening along, have a good go at that. That's a nice little question for you. Um, right. It's time for Behind Enemy Lines, um, where we talk to an opposition fan, opposition podcast, um, about the game. And it's a little bit different this week because we're speaking to Freya, the Barrow fan, who is one of the... Um, uh, panelists, would you call it that? Hosts? I don't know how you describe it. On the Out of the Blue, which is the BBC Radio Cumbria, Cal United and Barrow podcast. So she gives a little plug to it. Like we let her... Co-host. I, I would co-host. say co-host. Yeah, because co-host, uh, yes. herself and uh, Finney, Matt Honeyman, yeah. They're, they're on, yeah, they're, they're on every week. Yes, so, yeah, so, uh, no, I think it's... It's a good listen, by the way. Anyone who hasn't stumbled yes. across it yet? Yes. Um, uh, fr- friends friends of the Brunt and Bugle. Very well educated presenters on there, aren't they, Dan? I think it's fair to say. Incredibly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Possibly to university standard. We're not 100% certain on that. We'll have to find out. Um, yes, so uh, we had a chat with Freya, the Barrow fan. I had a really good chat, actually. I'd say, she, you know, she's not... she's Because she's a bit more of a... A Barrow fan's been following for quite a few years. 
she's not as much of the oh I hate Carl United sort of thing really. So she she's very much she hates Morecambe. You'll find that on on the on the on the uh, a lot chart. of Borough fans do, do because yeah. there's an entire generation don't consider us a. Uh, it's yeah. very much the younger fans, isn't it, that see that. I think it's the same with us, really. We're not quite as fussed, are we, really, on, on Borough in, in that sense. Um, yeah, so what did we chat about? We had a chat about uh, the joys of uh, not being in a relegation battle this season. Uh, what it's like, I thought this is really interesting, what it's like going from supporting a non-league club and being like a dedicated non-league follower to then your club being the, in the EFL and what, what kind of a change that is like. And uh, and a bit of thought about, the, as you mentioned there, the growing rivalry between the two clubs. So here's the chat I had with Freya. So yes, here we are with the latest Behind Enemy Lines section on the Brunty Bugle podcast. And this week we're talking to Freya, who is a Barrow fan, who, if you happen to listen to the BBC Radio Cumbria Out of the Blue podcast, you might recognise her voice because she's, of course, the Barrow fan that appears on there with, is it Matt that's the Carlisle fan on there? Yeah, right. Matt Honeyman, yeah. Matt Honeyman, yes. So yeah, I've listened a few times. It's one of these weird ones because I listen to so many podcasts. Sometimes I have to sort of say, all right, I haven't got time to listen so all of these, so I sort of dip in and out of the out of the blue ones. So, yeah. but it, it's good. It's 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 something different for Carlisle fans. We'll give you a chance to plug it later on. But um, let's get straight into it. Talking about uh, Barrow, then. Um, we'll start first. Sort of talking about generally about supporting Barrow for you, because um, if you don't mind me asking, how long have you been supporting Barrow or going to watch them? Just it just helps with the question we're about to ask. <laughs> Too long. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I, I'm trying to work it out now. When my maths is awful. Uh, I think it's about 16, 17 years now. Perfect, right? That works really well for this question I'm asking you then. Because I, I, I was looking back now, if you go back eight seasons ago, you guys were playing in the National League North, or the Conference North as it was still called then. Yeah. And you were playing the likes of Geisley, North Ferriby United, Lowestoft Town, Colburn Bay, Worcester. I mean, looking at this list, some of these clubs, how they're classed as Northern, I'll never know. But Hednesford Town, there's another one. Yes, Hednesford, the perfect one. Um, like, when you go back and think to when you were watching the Bluebirds then, did you ever imagine that they'd be back in the EFL playing against, you know, against, you know, your Bradford Cities and honestly, I was going to say Stockport, but Stockport were playing at that level back then as well. So it's a weird one. Yeah. I maybe don't think about Stockport too much because the amount of times we actually played them down at, at, <laughs> at uh, the conference north as well. But um, no, to be honest, I always hoped it's one of them things like when you, Obviously, I weren't around when we were back in the football league all them years ago, like the um, older generation were. But it's one of the things that you kind of, when you've spent your whole life supporting um, a non-league team, you kind of um, you you're more hopeful for it rather than mm. like expecting it or think it's ever going to happen. So when you know we we struck really, I won't say lucky because obviously we we deserved to go up when we did. Yeah. Um, we had a really good season. Obviously, I say there was a bit of luck with um, COVID and stuff, but I do think. Um, we would have ended up winning the league anyway, but um, you know, when I say we struck it lucky with um, sort of the the season we got, I don't think we would have sort of got promoted around like if we had you, you know before Wrexham and Stockport got yeah. uh, bankrolled as they have. But um, yeah, never just never would have expected it. And um, to be able to say there was a lot of um, a lot of questions asked about was when we first got promoted because obviously we got promoted during COVID season and saying oh you know they didn't deserve it they've been you know, got up by proxy or whatever. I think to show like now we've stayed up for two seasons and now we're you know we're challenging at the other end of the table. And mm-hmm. uh, now in our third season, so we definitely deserve to be here now. So yeah, we're we're all loving it. I mean, as a support, what was it like from going from following your team at these you know national league north grounds to then going to some of these? I mean, some of these grounds have been in the Premier League. You know, your Swindon's and your Bradford and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
what's it like? Is it because I mean, as a Carlisle fan, it's a, the new thing we can sort of get is from when we finally got ourselves back into League One a few years back, and we were starting to go to the likes of Forests and Leeds. That was a different, but we were still getting some bigger crowds in what was League Two then as well. So for you guys, it must have been. I mean, it's not pinching yourselves maybe a little bit, taking a bit far, but it must have been a, a great feeling to go to these grounds again. Yeah, they, they, these like these football league away days are like different gravy to you. Mm. Um, like you said earlier, like you guys, like, we went to Bradford away the other, uh, the other week, and uh, I was in a, I was in Bradford. And I see a sign for guys, and like, we all just said like that was us a few years ago going over there, and I look like where we're going and stuff. Because like like you say, you go to Bradford and that. Valley Parade's enormous, isn't it? Like it's just yeah. ridiculous for the for a League Two club. It's it's ridiculous. Um, you know that, that ground and uh, yeah, you do get you do sort of it is like a pinch yourself moment because you just think like look where we were like like the clubs you named earlier some of the grounds like North Ferriby don't even exist anymore. It was literally yeah. a village. Like, I went there a couple of times. And, like it is literally the smallest village you'll ever see in your life. And um, yeah, that was like that was days out to places like that and now you're getting like proper football league experience so it's it's definitely changed the you know the dynamics of supporting the club but you know for all the right reasons no one wants to be sort of sitting around in non-league for it gets a bit boring you know what I mean so you know you want to be experiencing those sorts of things yeah so let's talk about the football then this season um maybe I'm a bit harsh but it probably looks like your playoff chances are looking fairly slim now I think Thanks to last night's results. Um, I mean, in the same similar way that our top three chances are looking pretty much non-existent now. Um, despite that, and obviously you had that brief period where you were even in the top three early in the season, you must be pretty happy with how the season's gone, considering the, the previous two seasons where you were sort of struggling to establish yourselves as a club at football league level again. Yeah, it took us a little while to like kind of get ourselves sort of settled in uh, this league. This league, you know, we had. Um, you know, a lot, you know, constantly changing managers, especially that first mm. season. Um, you know, the squad, we, we didn't invest well in the squad. Um, we didn't we didn't sign players that were good enough to be in the Football League. How we stayed up, you know, we stayed up on pure luck that there was teams worse than us. Um, but that didn't mean for one second that, the, the, you know, the squad that we had was actually good enough to be in that league. So, um, yeah, it definitely took us a little bit to kind of get... Um, get sort of cemented in the league but um it's 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 such a nice change now to have like this point of the season where yeah like, I, mean, I don't think you've been harsh in saying that our uh chances are pretty much gone like it's like an absolute miracle to make the playoffs now and that's that's fine like um you know i kept saying on the um on, on the out the blue podcast that um your top 10 finish is great like com- compared to like where we've been this time last season like I think this time last season we'd actually already beat Forest Green four nil, and um, I think that would have been like our result this time last season. And um, you know, it was a massive step towards safety that that result. Um, so yeah, like this time last uh, the last two seasons we've been constantly looking at uh, over our shoulder, you know, watching what the teams around the bottom are doing. But now you know, it, <laughs> I couldn't care less what the other t- the teams down the bottom are doing. Do you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. We were looking at what um what Mansfield and Salford have been doing over the last few weeks, um, and unfortunately we just haven't been able to sort of capitalise on when you know the few times they've missed or they've dropped points, we haven't been able to capitalise. Unfortunately, but overall, you know, it's nice to have that little flirt with the playoffs and then look at look towards you know challenging even higher next season. But it, it has been a great season to you know just to just enjoy the football and enjoy mm. being in League Two without the stress of thinking oh where we're going to be next season. 
you mentioned there, you've actually sort of touched on my next question. I was going to say that you've chopped and changed managers since you come into the league, and it, you know, it's, it's, it's trying to find someone who's who's the right man for the job, isn't it? You tried the experience route and things like that. You've settled. Well, I say settled. You you brought in Pete Wilde last summer after the great job he did at Halifax. How impressed have you been with him? Because he he, he seems to have done a great job in terms of knitting a very small, tight squad together. The what? Maybe I'm being a bit harsh as the criticism. He does seem to get very emotional after games, and I, I I look back and I think when Paul Simpson was standing out with us, he could get quite emotional after games. He could get quite hepped up in his interviews. I think that's something that comes with experience. But you, I mean, you must be really happy with the job he's done. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, no, no one can grumble at you know where we finished the season. Like some of the res- like, just some of the individual results we've had this season, like mm. going beating Bradford away from home, um, and to, you know big results like that. Um, you know, doing the double over stop. Well, I did the double over Bradford and stopped part of this season, mm. which um, in all four of those games it was great. Um, so yeah, overall, like he's given us a you know top ten finish. Um, individual days like that. You know, and not you know, not too bad cup run. I've um in the league cup, we um we went to uh, Blackpool and uh, knocked them out of the cup, which was a, a really good night. Mm. Like I said earlier, then these the days that we're having at the minute, like there's just different gravy to the past few years. And uh, yeah, like I say, I'm really impressed with Wild. I think you know, there's always the worry that they're not ready to step up. Obviously, he did really really well with um. With Halifax last season in, uh, down in non-league, and you just yeah, I would always rather go for a, an up-and-coming manager rather than someone like we were, you know, in discussions. We had Phil Brown at the end of last season. We were in mm. discussions to give him, you know, the the permanent job. I would always rather have someone like Wild on his way up than Brown on his way down. So, um, but there's always that risk that they're just not quite ready for that step up yet. But Wild looks like he's, you know, he's more than ready for. Well, he obviously was more than ready for it, and um, yeah. Like I say, he probably is catching some attention from other, you know, other teams. I'm not saying like, you know, other teams higher up in the leagues will be looking at him right now, but it's a, a bit like when we got Ian Everett in, where, mm. you know, we, unfortunately we couldn't keep hold of him at the time. He went higher up and I think teams are, you know, teams are always looking at managers like that. So obviously good good if he carries on the way he is with us, but. There's always a risk that it might get picked up by someone else, maybe League One, League Two, but uh, sorry, League uh, Championship. But you know, who knows? But we're just enjoying having him at the time, at, at the minute, and yeah, hopefully, hopefully it continues as it's been going. I want to talk about the two ex Blues in your squad? I mean, first up, we'll go with Paul Farman. Recently, he got a new contract, you guys, and um, obviously we know what he's like. He he was pretty good for his action the season, the one season we had him. Um, what I say to you guys is. Listening to Radio Cumbria and watching the Football League highlights, it seems one week he has an absolute blinder where he's keeping you in it. And then the next week he seems to have some sort of major cock up and he seems to be involved in a goal. Uh, are you happy with him staying? I mean, the one thing that's always got with me is his kicking is just ridiculous. How how far he can kick a ball from everywhere. But yeah, yeah. You must, are you happy with him? I am, yeah. Um, I know, like, I, I agree with what you, what, what you say. Like, there is a. There, it was kind of at the start of the season where we had a few rough patches. I mean, mm. when we played away at Stevenage, you met, we we went two 0 down quite quickly because um, of two absolute howlers from him. Um, and I'd literally just been defending him on the podcast there <laughs> that week, and then I went we went down to uh, Stevenage and he did that. But um, yeah, I, I'm happy with him. I think second half of the season he's definitely been a lot more consistent. I think goalkeepers in, in this game can be a bit of a scapegoat sometimes where. 
you know, mistakes by a keeper always look worse, I think, yeah. because they're the last line of defence, aren't they? If a keeper makes a mistake, you know, they're more than likely going to end up conceding the goal. But, you know, you get someone in midfield who makes a mistake, you've got the defence to, you know, try and make up for that or the rest of the midfield and whatnot. So there's always, you know, every other position, there's always someone behind you to try or beside you to try and help with that mistake. Keepers are a bit lonely in that sense. So I do think, like, the keepers, you know, mistakes are sort of amplified a bit. Yeah. But I just think with Farmer, I just think he's a solid lead two goalkeeper. You know, if if, if they didn't make mis- uh, mistakes, they wouldn't be down in lead two. They'd yeah. be playing higher up in the pyramid. That's the thing. Like, I don't see how we're going to get any better than, than him, really. Like, I mean, obviously, there is going to be better goalkeepers out there, but the other, other teams who are better than us are going to be looking at, at those sort of things. So I'm happy with him. I'm happy he's signed a new deal. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't complain about him, to be honest. Yeah. Pat Broth then. Um, someone who I think was quite unlucky at Carlisle. He came through in the Youth Academy. He was a left winger, really, when he came through with us. And he mostly got played at left back. And the problem with that is we had Danny Granger in our squad then. And you know, Danny Granger, free scoring defender and, you know, captain of the club, he's always likely to not get as much game time. He's built himself back up. He came up with you guys. Is he someone else you'd, you'd love to keep long term? When you, I think he's is he under contract till the end of next season, possibly. I think he he seems to be someone who attracts quite a bit of attention for you guys as well. He seems to be a few clubs sniffing around him occasionally. I think he's out of contract this summer. Is he? Um, ah. Yeah. So, um, and it worries me that he's not signed the contract yet. There's a lot. Obviously, you hear a lot of rumours that um, other teams are interested in him. He's he's very consistent. Um, he's probably not at his. As it's strange because as far as you know, we're having our best season for years and our highest place mm. finish. I think well for a very very long time, but he's probably he's probably not by his standards being his best season for us. If I'm honest, um, I think he's had a lot probably had a lot more sort of um, involvement in goals over other other like past seasons, especially the season we went up. Mm. Um, but yeah, if anything, he's just very very. So he's a solid like seven out of ten every single game, um, and yet I just I think players like that are high in demand. I think I can see him moving higher up the divisions. Mm. Um, you know, I, there's been talk of Wrexham possibly wanting him. Um, I mean, Wrexham want to play get a player, don't they? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, we know like, that. Yeah. So well, so do we. Um, so it is just one of them things. Unfortunately, if, if they come calling, money talks in this game, doesn't it? And there, uh, you know, players have short careers. He wants to test himself at the highest, um, highest level. I mean, I hope he signs a new deal, but mm. it's just one of the things where you think he probably would have signed it by now if he was going to. Um, so we'll just have to see how sort of that pans out. But you know, if he does move on to, uh, you know, pastures new, then good luck to him because he doesn't always anything more. He's, you know, mm. we've had. We've had a really. He, he was one of them when he signed him. I think we signed him from Markham. Um, yeah. It was a bit like one of them, a weird signing, like very uninspiring, to be honest, when mm. we first signed him. But, you know, we every, you, you hope that he proved wrong where things like that. And, you know, we were. He's been, you know, we've more than got our sort of worth out of him. So, yeah, good luck to him if he, if he moves on. I don't want to take up too much more of your time for you because I know you're, I think you're on a break. <laughs> so I'm going to. Um, <laughs> Ask you one question about um, the rivalry between Carl United and Barrow, because it, 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 it's a strange one, isn't it? I, I'm a slightly older fan, so for me, when I started following Carlisle, 
the very start, it was maybe Preston at a push Burnley that we felt we had a rivalry with. Then it sort of became Hartlepool and Darlington. The Darlington dropped off the thing. Hartlepool dropped off a bit. Then it became Morecambe. To have a county rival, I think, has got a lot of our younger fans excited. For me, it doesn't get me quite quite as excited as they do, but it does seem like the younger fans of both clubs do seem to see it as a rivalry. But I know a lot of the older uh, Barrow fans, they actually look to Morecambe, don't they, as their big rivals. Yeah, and I'm 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 in that Morecambe mm-hmm. kind of group really. I can see why. Like I, I always like I think about this and I'm like I try and like see it from like a Carlisle point of view where like because and and it, we are quite similar in a sense. That obviously, we've been in like separate divisions for a long time, so it's like mm. we've we're both quite isolated in terms of like um like football geography and stuff like that. So I think um. We both teams have been kind of starved of a proper uh, like derby or rivalry. Kind, yeah. I mean, we had like to the point where filed with like our like derby game, <laughs> uh, like if you could like inverted commas there. Um, so yeah, I think both teams have been a bit starved of like a proper like derby sort of game. Um, so now we're both like in the same league. It's like you say, it's got a lot of like the younger fans. I mean, my mine's Morecambe. I, I can't stand Morecambe, and like <laughs> um, I kind of want. I kind of weren't that bothered about Carlisle, really. Um, but now, I don't know. It's starting to, like, get to... Like, I'm starting to get into it a bit more. Um, you know, I like to wind Matt up and stuff and probably make <laughs> out, like, I care a lot more than I actually do about Carlisle. But then he also likes to say that I'm a closet Carlisle fan, which I'm definitely not. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it's a it's a weird one, isn't it? But, you know, it's it, it's good to have, you know, we, we all want, you know, closer games to us because, like... It's a trek for for us all going from going from Cumbria yeah. in it like anywhere. So it's nice to have a shorter shorter game and that bit of rivalry. But uh, yeah, see if it see if we carry on with that next season or whether we end up a, a division apart again. Well, hope, well, either way, hopefully you'll have a game against Morecambe to look forward to next season. Well, yeah, <laughs> they're looking, look, that's trouble. looking more likely. Mind you, they won at the weekend as well, so... Yeah, they're giving oh. it the best go, aren't they? There I know. Um, Freya, thanks so much for giving up your time. Um, so, firstly, before I get a prediction from you for the game, um, tell us a little bit about the podcast you do uh, with Paul and Matt at uh, BBC Radio Combat Out of the Blue. Yeah, so um, it, the Out of the Blue podcast is myself as the resident Barrow fan. Um Matt Honeyman is a resident Carlisle fan and then uh, produced by Paul Newton of uh, Radio Cumbria. Um, so we have new episodes out every Wednesday. Uh, we just generally talk the weekend's fix, uh, the week, well, the weekend's results, the next weekend's fixtures, some whatever's gone on in the sometimes you know football news, whatever's come up uh, in that. Um, yeah, but that's basically it. It doesn't sound very interesting, but if you're a fan of uh, Barrow and Carlisle, it's uh, definitely worth a watch. We've heard, we've had a lot of uh, positive reviews about it. So, yeah, um, next episode will be out um, tonight. So, yeah, give it a listen if you're going, uh, going to the game on Saturday. Get you, What better way to uh, to prepare yourself for a big derby game on Saturday than listen to us chat about it? So, <laughs> Exactly. Listen, listen to the bugle and listen to Out of the Blue. That's what I'm going to recommend exactly. this weekend. So, um, yeah, before you go, Freya, we always like to ask for a score prediction. Some people don't like giving it, but uh, what, what are you going for this weekend? Uh, I'm going to go. For, I'm going to have to pre- predict a Barrow win. So I'll go one nil Barrow with Josh Gordon scoring. Well, there you go. I mean, I, I can guarantee you because I'm recording this with Dan later in the week. Dan will predict an eight nil win to Carlisle. He did it for no, earlier. Yeah, 
Matt predicted three nil Carlisle as well, so <laughs> Well, it's it's ridiculous. He predicted eight nil for the, the for the one at home, and he's he's convinced it because it was five. The thing is, he cheats because we have a prediction competition, and basically you have to name different scores and you get points for scores. And he named eight different scores. I was like, you're taking the mick with that. 100%. <laughs> name every single one. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Freya, thanks for your time. And you know what? I'm going to be generous. I do wish you all the best for the rest of the season after this weekend's game because it's only two games to go. So I can do that. <laughs> Very kind. Yeah, big thanks again to, to Freya for giving up her time because she, she did it on a work break. She had a little chat with me, which is really, really appreciated. And uh, yeah, it's 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 a weird one, isn't it? Because it, it could potentially have been an even bigger game if Barrow got a couple more results in recent fixtures, haven't they, Dan? But they've kind of been sort of... They've been in, they went on a really decent run of form and then they've sort of been hit and miss, haven't they, in recent weeks? So that winner game, then they lose, don't they? So it's it's kind of like... It, it's unlikely that they're going to be in the playoffs now, isn't it? I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Um, the seven points behind, three games to go, and the absolute killer is, we've just talked about goal differences earlier. I think they're minus two, minus yeah. three. So it's highly... High. Don't get me wrong. While it's still possible, it's possible, mm. but you would go one to a hundred. It isn't happening. Yeah. Not, not looking likely. Their main aim this weekend is to to get a bit of revenge for the 5-1, I think it's probably fair to say, and, you know, put a dent in our promotion hopes. And, and in the end, try and finish as high as they can. If they can finish in, in you know, ninth place at the end of the season, they'd look at that and think, that's a fantastic campaign, surely, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've, they've certainly improved on uh, on last season. Mm. Uh, Pete Wilde obviously has his ideas. He's been, he's been very well backed, you know, he's... Is uh, I think yeah, it's probably for, I, for the crowds they get. They, they're clearly probably spending a bit more than they're getting in income, aren't they? And that's that's inevitable because they've got to try and establish themselves as a league club, haven't they? Yeah, uh, no, the, the, you know that I'm I'm not the biggest fan of battle. Everyone knows that, but bloody hell, give me a battle over a Crawley or Stephen in any day of the week, you yeah. know. With no no disrespect to those clubs, but. You know, there's less and less northern clubs, so yeah. and any that come up, fair play. Uh, look, we know they've, they've got limited scope with Holker Street. Uh, from reading their forum this week, there is work scheduled to slightly improve the away and make it a little bit bigger, which will help. I think it's going to be up to 900, isn't it? Which is probably quite, 900. Which, to be yeah. fair, for them. I, I, I think there should be a league rule that you should be able, regardless of your league size, to give 1,000 tickets in this day and age. I feel like 900 is probably about reasonable for Barrett because outside of us and maybe a couple of the bigger northern clubs, yeah, they're yeah. not going to get huge followings there simply because of the distance. No, I mean, yeah. I imagine Stevenage yeah. on the last day might struggle to sell out. The away in there because it's such a distance. I, I don't think I don't think they'll sell out. Never mind, struggle to sell out. I just don't think they'll yeah, sell out. I think it's going to be a real challenge. They're probably put off as well by the the farce was the game there last season where there was like a, a electrical failure, wasn't there? I think near the ground. And yeah, the game yeah. ended up kicking off about five o'clock, and a lot of fans missed <laughs> yeah, the train yeah. home and things like that. Um, yeah, right, well, let's yeah. get on to it then, Dan. Uh, referee for this one's James Bell from South Yorkshire. Um, it's his first season as the EFL referee, and he's actually. Started refereeing in the championship this season, so he's someone clearly has been sort of fast tracked, isn't he? To yeah, be like a yeah. higher level referee, it's kind of one you probably think he's probably going to be refereeing in the Premier League in the next couple of years. That or he'll be yeah, working yeah. as a VAR official, and we'll lose another decent referee, won't we? Um, he appears to have had a couple of injury issues this year, though, because he's he's sort of working his way back at League Two level right now. 
because um, he, he, I think he, like there was a stretch of about two or three months where he just didn't referee a single game. Um, he also actually occasionally takes refereeing games in uh, the Women's Super League. So, like I said, he's clearly rated at a decent level. Um, this season, he's taken charge of 15 games so far, handing out 51 yellows and three red cards. And last season, he handed out 118 yellows and three red cards in 37 games. Uh, the last United game he actually took charge of was the uh, 2-0 defeat at Bradford on the final day of last season. But his last two games of the EFL last season were actually United games, bizarrely. Because um, the one he took before that was the 2-1 win over Northampton. Famously where Fraser Horsfall lost his head, didn't he? And handled it in the last minute for no reason. <laughs> Bizarre decision by him, but there you go. Head-to-head record, it's the... And a decision Sorry. that ultimately cost them promotion. Yeah, it did, it did indeed. And obviously he got his big move to Stockport in the summer for probably a lot more money, I think it's fair to say. Um, 67 for me in between the two sides. Uh, United got 26 wins... Twelve, sorry, eighteen draws and twenty-two wins for the Bluebirds. Talk about Barrow then, Dan. Um, quite a lot of recruitment done in the summer by Pete Wild. Um, some interesting signings were in there. Um, interesting to note, I've got this down as one of the in, in the talking points. That actually, of the thirteen players they signed last summer, seven have already left the club either permanently on loan. So it, it's quite a churn of players, isn't it, for them? Yeah, definitely. I, I did notice that myself in January, you know, when you, the, the window shuts and you, you sort of have a look at who's coming in, you think, hang mm-hmm. on, didn't he only go there earlier, yeah. you know? I mean, the the obvious ones, the obvious one in that list is Richie Bennett. Yeah, and, and Billy Waters as well. <laughs> and Billy Waters is an yeah, unavoidable yeah. one because Rexon have just come in and thrown money in. There's clearly yeah, a release yeah. clause in there, isn't there? So they, they, they can't keep hold of some, it. Some, some of them are likes of, you know, X-Blues in Brown and Ellis. Probably should have went in the summer, really. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's a tough one for them, isn't it? Because they've come up probably a lot quicker than they expected into to league football, haven't they? And they're not quite ready for it in terms of the wider size of the club, are they? Because they haven't got an academy. So, in an ideal world, they have an academy similar to ours. So they've got these young players coming through from Lancashire and South Cumbria that basically would be the the squad filler players, wouldn't they? Players who can come in and sit on the bench and stuff like that. Correct me if I'm wrong, and listeners, please do, because I'm sure I heard on Radio Cumbria the other week... They're getting a B team. Something about... Uh, they're, they're looking at an uh, under-21 stroke yeah, B team. Yeah, they are. But it'll be based in Barrow, which... No, I, is a, I think they, it's, because, the players will still be based in Manchester, apparently. Because Pete Wilde, right, I saw, right. I saw I heard. Yeah, I've got to say, because the, fir- the first team obviously trained Manchester. Yeah. So. No, I think they're going to try and get a couple of local players involved still, but yeah. they will be based in Manchester for training and stuff. I think that the, there was like yeah, a, yeah. basically, I heard Pete Wilde do an interview on the on the radio, I think about it before one of our games. Um, yeah, it, it's, they're in that situation out there where they haven't got those young, so they haven't to fill the squad with a lot of just standard league players. And because you can only have so many games and they don't have a reserve team, those players are going to get frustrated after a bit, aren't they? So they probably have, that's why they've ended up sending out so many on loan or let players go to, to other clubs. So that's the challenge they've got. Apparently they're down to a bare 17 for this weekend's game. That's all they've got. So, you know, because they've got so many players out on loan, they've let so many players go. It, it's a challenge for them, isn't it? I think that getting that B team is probably going to be a big step forward for them, I think, in terms of 
getting those players regular games and actually it might work quite well for us because we could maybe play a co- couple of friendlies against them and stuff and you get competitive games then don't you compare against some of the friendlies we've had you know in, in the past so you've always been of the opinion we should have a reserve team aren't you Dan? I, I, I think all football league teams should have some form of reserve mm. team I think it's just a level of professionalism that should be there yeah just the way the way football has changed down the years, isn't it? Because yeah, because yeah. all the top flight clubs now stockpile so many players, it's difficult for clubs at our level to to have reserve teams because they just get picked off the, the first team players, don't they? So so there you go. Oh I mean, yeah, looking through the, the squad, Dan. Um, January arrivals, a couple of interesting ones in there. Um, Rory Feely in from Bohemians, brother of uh, Kevin. But best best not remembered really, isn't he? Um, Jed Garner's, Jed Garner's the one that stands out because they signed him for Fleetwood at the same time pretty much we signed Joe Garner, didn't they? Yeah, and they played yeah. a club record fee for him, which I don't think was a massive amount because I think their club record was only about 20,000, I think, wasn't it? Back from the football, the original Football League days. So, Jed Garner's one of them. He's been at Fleetwood for years and he's only, he's only 24. He's got and he, uh, Yeah, he's... he's He's got a few. He, he had loans, you know, well, they let him, United, Gated and that. They let him go, and didn't he just, they, originally? Yeah, he just... He, he's never really... He never really got settled at Fleetwood, despite being there years, yeah. you know. Well, the, he never nailed a place yeah, down. They originally had him, and they they released him, and then he came back and trained with him, I think, in that summer, and then they re-signed him again. He actually started scoring a few goals, so... Yeah, but was it not something like... He went to Gateshead as a free agent and then actually went back on loan from Fleetwood to Gateshead. I think it was even that. I think it was just a case of they let him go and then suddenly at the start of the season they yeah. like got him back in and they signed him and he, he actually scored a few goals. Very unusual, isn't it? But yeah, I mean, they, they made quite a few signs this summer. I think Ben Whitfield at first looked like a really exciting signing. He, yeah, he was right up there with Moxon, wasn't he, with assists. But then he sort of dropped, I think he got an injury and he sort of dropped out of the team and didn't play as much. Um, I think the ones they, they they pick out as star men or players who don't really well are Sam McLennan, who's on loan from Chelsea, and Harrison Neal, who's on loan from Sheffield United too. I think that they really really rate. Um, I mean, um, no, Garner was only ever on a loan deal to nice. get. So. Okay, yeah, good. Um, they got extended. Yeah, so like, like I said, like those two, the the loanees from Chelsea and Sheffield United are two of the better players for them. I think aren't they? I think they're the ones who really rate. Um, I mean, among the others, they signed obviously Tyler Warren, who was with. Um, uh, Pete Wilde at Halifax, wasn't he? Um, yeah. But a lot, a lot of the rest, like I said, they've already gone. I mean, Jordan Stevens has gone to Yeovil. What, not a great move for him. Is <laughs> it really in the end? No. Miles really. Kenlock's gone to Aldershot already, and you know, again, he's he's one potentially he's going to be possibly going down. But a lot of the rest have gone out on loan to non-league clubs, haven't they? You know, they've got. I'm looking at it here. They've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players out on loan at the moment yeah. so in fact yeah they've got seven players out on loan so yeah it, it, it kind of feels like they've, they've had a big squad and to keep those players happy they've just sent them out on loan there's, there's only Joe Grayson stayed at the same level and he doesn't feature that much That's at the moment strange move wasn't it to Stockport like I think yeah. someone said that it might have been a move connected to um, the move for uh, someone else moved didn't they I can't remember Newby Newby, yeah. Is it Newby? Newby coming yeah. from because um, he's a local LA newbie, isn't he? He started out of Barrow and he's obviously ended yeah. up back there. 
I, I think he's only actually been on the bench for Stockport. I don't think he's actually played. No, him. no. I think it's, I think he's just squad fill. I think they had an indi- injury to Horsfall, didn't they? And I think that he was yeah. to fill the space there. Looking at the squad overall, Dan, who, who are the men that stand out to you there? The obvious, the obvious starting point is Paul Farber in goal. Yeah. Hot and cold, uh, isn't he, really, that, for them? Much more than yeah. he was. For us, he was pretty consistent, mostly. Their, their fans seem to have a bit of a love-hate relationship mm. with him from what I've read previously. Uh, Niall Canavan was a good signing. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Brough is. I've always liked Brough. He's a good left not, back. Not playing as much for them, is he? He plays sort of left back or. Beated it out a bit, hasn't Or he? in the sort of John Mellish left sided centre back role, doesn't he? And he's yeah. out of contract at the end of the season. So it'll be interesting to see because it yeah. sounds like there's some other clubs. I, I quite him. like Gotts as well. Mm. I quite like Gotts. Yeah, Gotts is a pretty decent player. And obviously. Josh Gordon's produced for them up front, hasn't yeah. he? So. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, actually, I'm looking at the squad here, Dan. It's a very small squad, isn't it? You can see why yeah. they're struggling. And, and fair play to them. To be right up there with a squad that small is actually quite impressive, yeah. isn't it? Um, I mean, yeah, Pete Wilde, the manager, um, he's undoubtedly done an impressive job, hasn't he? To pick up a squad that, yeah. you know, it had two really tough first seasons in the Football League. And to turn it around that quickly and, you know, had them in second place at one point early in the season, dropped off a bit, which I kind of think was inevitable, really, wasn't it? I don't think they could ever really keep up that momentum. Um, he is quite an emotional guy, though, isn't he? He's, he's been prone to a few outbursts on the radio after games this season. We've, I've noticed that from listening to, um, you know, almost picking fights with his own fans, isn't he, really, about stuff. And it's, it's kind of like, there's the difference between him and Sino. Simo, very experienced, isn't he? He knows he's, you know, he knows he, he, he keeps his emotions in check much more. I think Wilde's very much learning about that, isn't he, at the moment? Yeah, definitely. You know, he's uh, he's very, like, say, he's very emotional, uh, very raw, hmm. and you know that'll that'll probably calm down with the FL experience. You know, yeah, you, you, you'd think so, wouldn't you? Um, yeah. So in, in terms of um, the visit this weekend, we're going to be in that away end again, aren't we? Yeah. It's, I don't want to be too harsh, but it probably is the worst away end in the football league, I reckon. Yeah. Harrogate's not great because it's, it's it's a very shallow terrace and you really can't see a huge amount going forward, but you can still see both goals in some way, yeah. shape or form. Whereas it doesn't seem to matter where you stand. If you arrive a little bit late and you're not standing at the front, you we struggle to see the far goal and we were on the side where the floodlight is, and we were only one place back from the front, and me and Greg, one of us could see Gibson hit the ball, and one of us could see the ball hit the back of the net, but we couldn't see both, <laughs> which is mad. And you were behind the goal, and I don't think you saw Dennis's goal hit the back of the net, did you? Well, did, but uh, the neck training was at a ridiculous angle, and hanging off a, you know, hanging off a crush barrier with the neck it wasn't exactly comfortable we did say before and this is something that's been confirmed they have got plans to improve the away end for next season it's going to be increased to 900 I think they're basically just knocking that bit down aren't they and and putting a sort of semi-temporary stand similar to what you see at like Salford and places like that there I think possibly I don't get why they didn't just do that with the Hulker Street end in the first place really because it's I can get why they wanted to put a roof in to make it a bit more appealing but for me that roof just ruined it because of the huge concrete support posts and things yeah, that are in yeah. place because of it you know and it's 
it, it's 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 a real shame for them. Um, but it'd have been better going down the Salford route. Yeah, knocking down the sections of it and rebuilding. And I've, yeah. the challenge they've got as well is behind the opposite goal, the, because of the building that's there, which is the main social club and stuff, isn't it? That where the club offices are, they can't really knock that down at the moment. So the, no, the, no, they can't do anything at that end, which I'm sure they'd love to do at some point. So there you go. Uh, make a proper home end out of it yeah know. exactly I mean in terms of um, or a way end yeah, you know. exactly uh, in, in terms of the um, their form at home very good they haven't lost in the last six at Hawkesy so it's, it's not going to be a pushover is it it's going to be a challenge we have to really dig in for this one I think um, let's talk about United then Dan so let's start with the big question that we sort of mentioned earlier Stick with three five two, or do you go four three three like we finish the game? I think we. St- I think we'll start three five two, mm-hmm. and I think at some point we transition to the four three three. Would you do that personally? Depending on how the game's going, would you do that personally? Though I would like to see us start with the four three three and just go for it, but I don't think that will happen. Be away from home. That's what I differ. I think we stick with it. I, I personally think we stick with the three five two, and the reason is. If you stick with basically the way we played it with Gibson in midfield so you can switch, right? Barrow, we're going to know in the back of the heads that switch is coming at some point. And that puts some doubt into your mind. If you start with yeah. it, you can prepare for it. You can go, right, yeah, we know they're playing that. Okay, we'll we'll we'll, we'll be able to counter it. Whereas if, if they know in the back of the heads, all right, start with the three, but potentially they're going to go to the 4 three, 3 at some point. That creates a bit of chaos. We- we should send Mellish up on a couple of dummy runs early. Yeah. Or just keep switching him in there without the telling them. And yeah, they're like, what, yeah. what the fuck? Chuck him in for a couple of minutes and exactly. back. And, you know, exactly, yeah. That would be a good way of doing it. God, God help anyone who's tasked with mad marking. Oh, it would be a nightmare, wouldn't it? It would be a nightmare. Um, yeah, so I think we're sort of in agreement that... I don't think there's a wrong answer to it, really, is there? I think either way works yeah. fine. I think I can get why he wants to go three in the back because it's working. The question season. is, is Barkley straight back in? Yeah, so this is the big question in, in defence. Does Barkley come in or does Willing keep his place? Now, if you're going to go 4 3 3, I think I'd stick with Whelan, personally. If you're going to go 4 3 3, I'd mm-hmm. stick with him in there with senior right back. If you're going to go to the three at the back, I'd be tempted. To put Barkley as your um, as your wing back again, like he did in the home game against Barrow, and maybe drop Senior, which might seem a bit harsh, but he he struggled a bit in the first half with the wing back role, didn't he? Against everything, which he's you know he's shown himself good at in the past, but he wasn't particularly great at it in in the game against Stockport. He was much better at right back. I was quite impressed with him at right back in the game. So, what what would you go with, Dan? I think we'll stay the three five two, and I think Barkley will come in for Whelan. Yeah. I, th- I think I think you're probably right with that one, and Whelan drops to the bench maybe rather. Than and that. I think at some point we'll go to the four three three, and it wouldn't surprise to see Patrick and Gordon both either side of a striker. Yeah, maybe Gibson. Could. I, I, I feel like in a away game, Gibson's a really good outlet in that because he used the ball so well. Mm. I, I think I'd, in midfield, I'd stick with that three again. I think they did a, did enough. It, it, there is a question maybe away from home. Would you rather have McCallum in there if it's going to be a bit of a battle? Mm. Would you stick with it? I, we, we shouldn't be playing afraid though either. No, 
That's a fair point. Especially after that second half. And obviously Gibson scored there last season, didn't he, as well? And I think he, he on the break, he's a great player to have because he, 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 he's improved so much at carrying the ball up the pitch, actually. Yeah. Getting yeah. a really good distance. Um, yeah, I think I'd stick with the midfield three again. It attacks the question. Dennis and Gordon, stick with them? Yeah. yeah. Why not? It's going to be a physical battle. And I think Gordon's well up for that, isn't he? So yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd be quite comfortable with that. So... In fact, in fact, you can probably call the subs now. The the likely subs are Edmondson for Dennis yeah. and Patrick for Gibson, possibly depending how he's playing. You wouldn't like to introduce Joe Garner into a battle of a company topic. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe yeah. But in terms of the subs, who actually, you know, the, the, the seven subs, Taylor Charles chomping at the bit to come back. You maybe put him on there. Possibly, maybe a week early, yeah. saving for the home game and stuff. Possibly, yeah, maybe. I'd, it's one of those ones, I think, if, if we win, and it, it, it's looking, oh, if we draw, maybe, and it's then looking like the, it's going to be the playoffs, maybe you then use charters in that one and rest a couple of players. Yeah, it, it, yeah. I don't think there's any situation really where playoffs are secured until after the Sulphur game, I think, possibly. Obviously, yeah. Sulphur being key because they'll be one of the teams chasing us. Um, yeah, so in terms of... Um, Predictions, Stan. What are we going for? 3-0. Oh, wow. You're only going for three, not eight this time. No, we're away. I'm being sensible. <laughs> okay. I was in off because we got five last time. Well, so. I, I, you know, I said that in the chat with Frey. I said, yeah. you know, Dan said 8-0 last time and he was getting excited when we were scoring all the goals. Because I, I actually backed the six, didn't you I? You did, actually. Yeah, you there. did, yeah. You know. Remember that. 3-0. Uh, uh, Christian Dennis is going to get his 20th league goal. Yeah. I think Jordan Gibson's going to get a goal. Mm-hmm. And I think J.K. Gordon's going to do score a, a wonder solo goal and uh, run to the uh, adoring faithful yeah. who sing there's only one team in Cumbria okay. for the rest of the game. Uh, I'm going to go for... I'm going to 3-1, I think. And I reckon... It's annoying because you picked some of the scores I wanted there. I'm going to go for a J.K. Gordon goal as well. John Mellish. And, no, not John Mellish, actually. Paul Huntington. So J.K. Gordon, Paul Huntington, and um, Ryan Edmondson to get the other one. That's what I'm going to go for. Here's Mike's prediction. I'm going to go for a 2-1 win with goals from John Mellish and Christian Dennis. Oh, this is a good mix of scores amongst our predictions mm. this weekend. Right, Dan. Uh, it's X Files time. Um, we did say it's a combined one from the from the midweek yeah. and the uh, weekend last weekend. We'll, right. we'll find something out about the midweek in a minute, though, won't we? So let's let's get, yeah. let's get going. Uh, going back to last weekend, uh, first up, James Tavernier missed a penalty, mm-hmm. Fail, failed to score from the spot in Rangers five two win over St Mirren. Uh, Jerry Yates scored for Blackpool big 1-0 win at home to Wigan well funny on this one I got the train up obviously for the uh, Northampton game last weekend and um, I got what is the basically the the express service from Liverpool that only stops at Highton St Helens Wigan but then it goes on to Blackpool North and as it arrived into Wigan where I got off to get my train up to Carlisle I saw it coming onto the platform and the platform was rammed and I was like Oh, where are Wigan playing today? They pressed them, then I realised they were at Blackpool. So they're all coming onto my train, yeah. carrying crates of beers and stuff. And like, literally, I was at the door and I managed to get off. But before anyone else could get off, they just piled on. 
and the platform yeah. absolutely reeked of beer the second I got off. There was just bottles yeah. everywhere and stuff. Yeah, that would, that would be one hell of an away day. I think it's fair to say weekend at Blackpool that weekend. But there you go. Yeah. Uh, Jack Marriott mm. got a travel yeah. for Fleetwood in the action-packed five-two win at Accrington. Mm. Uh, Cole Stockton not scored too many this season, but he. Uh, Scored on Saturday, Markham in a 1-0 win over Wickham. Big win for them. Rob, Mac- Rob McDonald scored again mm. for Crew in a 2-0 win over his dad's former club, Walsall. Yeah, I didn't realize his dad was... Walsall have fell apart since we played. Oh, that's dreadful. It's, it's one of those things, you look and you think, if we played like we did against Stockport, against Walsall and maybe Stevenage, we're probably four points better off now. Yeah, that's yeah. the annoying thing, but there you go. Uh, a regular in recent weeks, Jack Bridge scored not one but two mm. penalties from the spot in uh, Southend's 2-0 win over Dagenham. Uh, it's a bit of a derby, that, actually. Yeah. Uh, boosted the playoff hopes. And our delve into the deepest non-league mm. brings up Connor Simpson. Yeah. Scored for Whitby Town in their 3-1 win at Atherton Colonies. On to midweek, there was 47 games in England and Scotland... And not one X blue scored, sent off, or anything else. It's not the first time that's happened. Which is the first time that's happened. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't quite a full full set of games, but it wasn't far off. Yeah. You know. And it's uh, we, we, if anyone finds one we've missed, feel free to give us a yes. tweet. Uh, promotion relegation time of year. Unfortunately, it's two relegations we've got. Uh, Max Hunt relegated for Yeovil. They're going into the National League South. Mm. Uh, their fall from the Championship continues. Yeah. And former Lordy Tyrese Omatoi, uh, he's actually at Forest Green on loan at the moment, who so were uh, relegated under Big Dunk. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there over I, the summer. I think he's there permanently. Isn't he? I don't think he. I think he just signed permanently for them in January. Did he? I thought he was alone. I think yeah. I'm not, not sure on that, but there you go. Yeah. Uh, other news, Daryl Duffy was sacked as assistant manager at Strand Rad. Obviously, the manager was sacked as well. I, did, I didn't realise he was assistant then, manager. <laughs> it's only when you said yeah. I was like, oh, wow, he is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, two other pieces. We are merely going to report on them because it's not our place to discuss yeah. them. Those of you who read crime news, <laughs> uh, Kyle Dempsey, uh, electronic tag curfew fine for that incident in Maryport. And Danny Graham admitted to a drink driving crash where he managed to put his car through a co-op window or something on the estate he lives in. So yeah, not the smartest though. Never mind. I've just double checked there, Dan. And um yeah, Tarry Somatoya did indeed join um Forest Green permanent in January. Twelve appearances, no goals. Yeah. No massive surprise that is it really based on what nah. so I should just ask you before we finish, Dan, uh because we didn't have an X-Files section, I didn't actually really get a chance to say this, but uh, Jeff Jackson, big thank you to him, because he's given us a little bit of an update in terms of uh, promotions and relegations. So I'm just going to read them. I'm just trying to load up the message he sent me, but it's taking forever to load now. Here we go. Right, okay. So this is an update from the Lowland League, where obviously uh, Lewis Bell's been on loan at Gretna. So Dalbiti star and now confirmed as the bottom of the Lowland League. However, if Spartans go up and Elgin go down, Dalbiti won't be relegated. Unlike most divisions that fill from below when they have a spe- additional space, the Lowland League just doesn't bother with relegation. Also, if Albion Rovers slash Bonnie Rig Rovers come down and Bucky Fissel and Breakin win the playoff, both Edinburgh Uni and Dalbiti will go down. Uh, try and make sense of that. <laughs> but it's basically because of the, the Highland and the Lowland and all that stuff in Scotland, it just gets very, very complicated. 
Yeah. It's hard to work out. Uh, should say as well, uh, Penrith. Uh, I don't, we haven't really had any players there this season, but they're they're safe for another year from relegation. It seems to be an ongoing battle for them. Doesn't really to stay up every season. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, later. There you go. And that's it, Dan. There you go. We're, we're done for another episode. Um, thank you everyone for listening. Um, thanks for all your contributions and things you send in to us. It's always really appreciated. Um, next week, um, we need to work out what we're going to do, don't we, in terms of a preview for the Salford game. I think it's getting quite exciting now. Uh, we probably won't have it behind enemy lines for that one because stop, sorry, Salford do not have any fans on the internet, as we found that out uh, many times, despite every time we ask them. Um, and yeah then we'll be preparing for the Sutton game we've already lined up doing the opposition bit for that one so that should be quite good but yeah squeaky bum time isn't it yeah have we got a Salford fan no nope, we haven't got a Salford fan we never do no. never do but there you go um, yep yeah, so that, that's it thanks everyone for joining us and up the blues up the blues up the blues